Coming up, excitement is building as we get closer to the opening of the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at the Magic Kingdom. SeaWorld loses its appeal in court, and we have some follow-up to last week's story about Disney and guests with disabilities. And later on, we have our review of Walt Disney World's Backstage Magic Tour. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode number 696 for the week of April 14th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Let the experts at Dreams take care of all your FastPass Plus arrangements, your dining reservations, and any other special events you need to make your vacation a magical one. It's just part of the concierge-level service that Dreams Unlimited Travel offers to its clients, and all for the same price you'd pay Disney. For a no-obligation quote on your next Disney vacation, go to www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Dustin West, Sean Thompson, Teresa Eccles, <laughs> Kathy Whirling, and back in the production nook all by himself, Mr. Happiness, Craig Williams. Look at that happy face. Craig is, uh, Craig's been taking some, uh, some crap online since uh, last week's show. Yes, I have. Um, I guess some people, you know, we were talking about our favorite things at Disney World, and I guess some people interpreted Craig's comments as being kind of, you know, downbeat, and uh, they just don't know Craig the way we know him. What can I say? I, I dislike my life. I, I hate my job and all the opportunities you've given me, and <laughs> I mean that from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> well, it's good to be uh, back, and of course, John and Kevin are uh, sailing the South Pacific, literally, as we speak. They're going to wash that man right out of their hair. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Um, I don't even know where I am. I, I'm going to tell everybody right now, I am so off today, it's not funny. I have just been having one of those days. I'm dropping everything. I spilled coffee on my shirt like five minutes before we, we went on. I'm just a mess today. So I have no idea what's going to happen. And there's a rant coming up, so this could get really <laughs> interesting. This could get really, really interesting. But we're going to start off with housekeeping. And uh, I know a lot of people are watching right now because they are excited that we will be announcing the winner of our photo contest uh, on our show today. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, of course, you know I'm making you wait till the end of the show for that, right? <laughs> I'm not doing that now. Okay, so we're clear on that. But at the end of the show, we do have a prize to give away, a very big prize to the winner of our photo contest. And uh, very excited about it. If you are waiting for the Disneyland prize, uh, uh, prize winner to be announced that will be thursday on the disneyland edition of the Diz unplugged in addition to that uh, that revelation um they will have chris from australia returning to do more solo trip planning advice and michael uh, bowling's wife carol joins mary joe and nancy for the disneyland team's first ever ladies show they're oh. doing their own ladies only oh oh you know so that's cool yeah. and you know, uh, this will be the first time you guys will hear from uh, Carol Bowling, one of one of my favorite people in the world. This is a, a gr- an amazing lady, and an absolutely ama- they're all amazing. But Carol's Carol's special. Um, so if you have a chance, please check that out Thursday, yeah. uh, the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged, DizUnplugged.com. Um, and I don't normally do this, but somebody asked on our Facebook page today, so I'm going to give a birthday shout out to Kelly Levis. Happy birthday, Kelly! And now that I've done that, wow. you know what's going to happen. You've sleep. opened up the floodgates. I've opened up the floodgates, and I'm not doing it again. So this is special for you, Kelly. This is a special birthday shout-out for you. No one else. I'm not doing it for anyone else. We'll That's see if that sweet. actually happens. But um, I also want to make sure that we uh, remind everybody about Podcast Cruise 5 coming up later this year, November 30th through December 7th. I think is are the dates. That is right. Uh, it's going to be on the magic. It's going to be amazing. The amazing Jody Benson is our special guest for this. She is, of course, the voice of the Little Mermaid. We'll be doing a private concert just for our group. We have about three hundred Dizzers signed up already, and uh, we would love as many more to come and join us as possible. Of course, as we get closer to the date, 
the price keeps creeping up. So if you're thinking about coming with us, you need to book. And you can find details on that and everything else we discuss on the show on our show notes page, disunplugged.com. I, I wasn't on Podcast Cruise 2.0, but from what I understand, everybody just went You know, what was funny about it, what was really funny about it was that, you know, when John said that, when John announced that it was going to be Jody Benson on Podcast Cruise 2, we were like, oh, okay, that's, that's cool. You know, we just, you know, okay, it's very cool. Then we went and, and saw the performance that this woman put on. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Everybody walked out of that theater going, oh, my God. It was incredible. Um, it was my mother's 80th birthday um, that day. And she did a medley of Gershwin songs for my mother that I could still get choked up thinking about. Yeah. I was um, fine. To he- she he did that, and then I was sitting there oh, weeping. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. It was incredible. And, you know, she's a Tony-nominated uh, actress. She, I, of course, you know, we as Disney fans, we know her best as the singing voice, uh, as the voice of uh, the little Ariel and the little mermaid. Um, but this woman has had an amazing, amazing career. And she's and a she, sweet woman. And as sweet as could be. They, they had told me one of the production hands at the, at the theater had said uh, after the show was over, she went back because my mother and I were sitting in the front row holding hands and my mother was crying. And after the show, Jody Benson went back and and got emotional thinking about that. How how much that you know meant to us really came across to her. And she's a, a wonderful woman, uh, personally and professionally. She is a singular talent. So she is our special guest, and there may be others being announced. Uh, John doesn't tell me anything, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but I know he is working on some other ones. So. But definitely, Jody Benson joining us, Podcast Cruise 5. Plus, there's going to be a lot of cool – we always do a lot of cool stuff. We always have, like, lots of little meets and events. And, yeah. You know, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. The whole podcast team is there. The entire Disneyland podcast team is there as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, we do a, a show live on the ship. And that's always, a, that's always a blast. We always have a good time with that. The last time we did that, we announced that we were going to be doing this. I know. Um, wow. So, Was that – Podcast Cruise Four. I know when you just when you just said we do a, a live podcast on the ship. My heart started to beat really fast because I just remember the 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 feeling I had going into that. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was kind of nuts. But um, so yay. Did I give you uh, this week's picture for the cast member Hall of Fame? Yes, you did. I did. And I didn't put down any notes about who this is. I know who he is. Okay. Um, This was uh, um, James from uh, the Animal Kingdom. I think he's in entertainment. And uh, the story uh, came from, I'll have to find her name, Um, but... Uh, he was very helpful with her and her husband, and eventually uh, was uh, he chose them to be part of the uh, Jammin' Jungle Parade. And so they had a really good experience um, with, with uh, James. You're so unprepared today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, her name is uh, Ginny uh, Yermel, I think is how you say it. But, uh, yeah, there's a, a picture up there, sorry, for uh, those of you uh, watching. And uh, that's uh, James from the Animal Kingdom. Who uh, helped these guys out? Because it was uh, they were celebrating. Um, they were celebrating, and they he put them in the parade. So what we started doing last week is um, asking people to send in pictures of cast members that made their vacation really, really special. We want to, you know, there's there's a lot of right now frontline cast members in particular are taking the brunt of the complaints that are happening with my Disney experience and FastPass Plus. And, you know, we often talk about, you know, sometimes we see that the, the caliber of cast member is not what it used to be. So we want to we make sure that we do our part in any way we can to recognize those cast members that go above and beyond to make our vacation special. So if you have a story to tell us, uh, podcast at disunplugged.com is the email address. Send your story along with a picture, and we will add it to the cast member Hall of Fame. We do one each week. We got several this past week, uh, and uh, we'll be putting those up each week as we go forward. So, but please send them in podcast at disunplugged.com a picture and the story of this cast member that made your vacation more special. We want to make sure we spread some love around to the cast members that uh, that make it that make it extra special for us. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, 
I also think we need to plug the Universal Show, Sean. Should we? I think we should. <laughs> okay. Uh, Craig and I have been doing the Universal Show, and it comes That's out great. every other Friday. And last week we talked about Cabana Bay Resort, and it was ridiculous, <laughs> but very funny. Um, so yeah, tune in. We, we've been going live on Tuesdays after the show, um, but we haven't really been announcing it. It's kind of been secret. Um, <laughs> So we have 35 people. It's what you do when you're trying to get viewers, you don't tell them anything. Well, for some reason, the live stream email has been going out uh, late, so we don't get as many viewers for some reason. But you have 35 years? 35 years? What? 35 viewers? We had 35 viewers, yeah. Live, they had 35 yeah. viewers. Yeah. No, but it's, it's fun. So we talked about Commando Bay, our, our recent stay there. Um, I don't know what next week is, but maybe Craig does. It's a secret. You'll have to All tune right, it's in. It's a secret. That's my, my favorite part of the Universal show is me sitting in silence and in the in the back operating the controls and I don't know why I don't talk but it's it's fun and I like laughing and making eye contact with you guys. When you, you get so, and you get so, you're getting really great yeah. feedback. Oh, yeah, yeah. on that show, people really no, really great. enjoy. It's the fun show. to do. It's kind of lighthearted and we're just kind of goofs about it. So yeah, I mean, make sure you watch this uh, past episode if you haven't yet because we we announced something at the end that. That's rather unique, and Ooh. so, but cool. yeah, it, yeah, it is. I've watched it; it's good. Did you watch it? Uh-huh. Did you laugh? I laugh. Did you cry? I cry. <laughs> yeah, she loved it more than cats. <laughs> I did. It was just so emotional. <laughs> Literally, she loved it more than her cats. Oh wow! Well, I don't think we have that. That's pushing it. <laughs> All right. Do we have anything else for housekeeping before I get to our poll results for last week? No. No. Oh. All right. Last week, um, we received 1,174 responses to the question, now that Disney has announced they are working on giving guests additional daily Fast Passes and that they will be allowing park hopping as part of the program, does that change your feelings about Fast Pass Plus? And I was stunned to see that 60% of you said, yes, it does change your perceptions of Fast Pass Plus, it makes you feel better about the program. Ten percent of you said no, you still don't like it, or you still have concerns about it. And another thirty percent said, "I've always liked Fast Pass Plus, and I still do." So, um, you know, if this, you know, admittedly unscientific poll is any indication, it looks like it may be a game changer in Fast Pass Plus for Disney by making. By adding an additional uh, opportunity for additional fast passes throughout the day, and by allowing you to park hop with them, these are the two big things. It makes it more flexible, a little less rigid than yeah. it had been in the past, <laughs> and that's that was the big change from Legacy Fast Pass to Fast Pass Plus. Is that yeah, the technology is cool, but we lose a lot of the freedom we had in our planning um, beforehand, and now this kind of offers that. It's different, but it offers a variation on that. I I got to tell you, I, and I know I keep saying it, but you know I'm using it all the time. I'm in the parks a lot right now. I, it just makes my life so much easier. You know, I know what time I can. You know, I've got the, my fast passes set up. I know what time. We were just in the park with my my mother, brother, and niece on Sunday on Saturday. We were in Epcot. And it was perfect. We had everything set up. In between, you know, fast passes, we were able, we actually went on Journey, Journey into Imagination. And I, you know, I kept an open mind because I'm like, it's been a while since I've been on it. Maybe I'll feel a little differently about it. No, it still sucks. Um, But you've got to love Eric Idle in that. He's great in that. Okay. Okay. I I took somebody new on to Figment on Saturday. Richard Bunt was here over the weekend Mm -hmm. and his wife had never done Figment, so... I always, when I meet somebody at Epcot, I always have them meet me outside She's of like Figment. The Figment pusher. Yes, yes. So now she, she like enjoyed. It? Yes, didn't she did. And what so. I thought was cute was that they had like they, they had posted a ten minute wait outside, and it was a walk on. I mean, there was no wait at all. But that was cute. That's to um, bolster their ego. There is, there is times there is a line there. It's only because of Fast Pass Plus, dear. That's not because people want to go on it. But I know. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Kathy loves Figment. I mean, I love Figment, too. I love the original yes. Journey into yes. Imagination. That was a classic. This just does not just does not compare. Just does not compare for me. But my niece loved it. Oh, she really good. enjoyed it. So When I was sitting there, I like to listen to people's conversations as they're walking by. 
and quite a few people had fast passes for figment and when they walked up and saw that the wait was not very long they went well we don't need to waste a fast pass here and it was funny watching the people try to go into my disney experience and change their fast yeah, pass. Yeah, that's a way that's a wasted fast pass. I mean, honestly, right. you yes. don't need it. You don't need it. It's a wasted but fast But it was pass. funny watching the people then with their frustration with the app on their phone trying to get in to mm. change it. Oh, there then there's that. <laughs> yeah. But uh it seems like uh according to what we're you know, at least according to this poll and again, unscientific, we're not stating that this is, you know, a scientific poll by any stretch of the imagination, but I think 60% of the audience saying that this does change their perceptions of FastPass Plus could bode very well for Disney in terms of the issues they've been having surrounding this. This has not been a well-received edition by the hardened Disney fans. And uh, so I'm I'm happy to see that. And I hope that, uh, you know, they roll it out soon and that it does make life easier for those who don't like it. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but from a tech standpoint, I think Disney did this in the best way possible. Me too, I agree. If, if they were to just roll everything out with all the features that everyone wanted, it, it would have been a disaster. And I know oh, that there's yeah. this overlap of people that didn't get to do it the exact way they wanted to for for maybe a year or so, maybe a year and a half. But by spacing it out and doing it this way, I think they really... I think they had no choice. With oh, a yeah. program this size and f- fundamentally changing so much about how you tour the parks... You're right. They could not have just rolled this all out at once. It had to be. It had to be in stages like this, and they had to kind of release something, see what happened, see what the response was, see what the feedback was, and adjust it. And that's what they're doing. And it's like I've been saying, this is too big to fail. Upwards now of $2 billion Disney has spent on this program. They are going to adjust it until it's right, right. because they cannot go back. So, And I think the week after, not, not even a week after I said that, Tom Staggs announced that mm-hmm. they were making these changes. Right. So, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. They will keep adjusting this as they need to to get it right. They are listening to the feedback. And I know a lot of people say, oh, Disney doesn't listen, Disney doesn't listen. Well, apparently they do. Apparently they do listen because yeah, there, the changes are coming. And they, they've heard everybody's complaints about too few fast passes and, not, and the ability to, uh, the, the lack of ability to park hop with them. Yeah. So, I'm very happy about that. All right. So that will do it for housekeeping. We're going to move on to the news. First up this week, SeaWorld's attempts to put its whale trainers back in the water was denied this week by the U.S. Court of Appeals. SeaWorld was appealing a citation issued in 2010 by the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, also known as OSHA, after the death of trainer Don Branchow during a killer whale performance at its Orlando theme park. OSHA concluded that SeaWorld's trainers could only interact with whales during performances if they were separated by a physical barrier and could no longer allow trainers in the water uh, with the killer whales. Um, SeaWorld's appeal hinged on what is known as the General Duty Clause contained in the Occupational Safety and Health Act that requires employers to remove any recognized hazards that are causing or are likely to cause serious physical harm or death to employees. SeaWorld appealed the ruling on the grounds that there was not sufficient evidence to say that water work between whales and trainers constituted a recognized hazard. SeaWorld maintained that because of the, of the training and safety protocols that they already had in place, that any risk to trainers was adequately controlled. SeaWorld also argued that trainers understood and accepted the inherent risks that exist when working with killer whales. SeaWorld maintained that the changes ordered by OSHA would have a detrimental impact on their business. In a two-to-one ruling, the Court of Appeals dismissed SeaWorld's claims, saying that since 2010, trainers have remained out of the water and it has not had a negative impact on their business. The court also wrote that, quote, the administrative record establishes that SeaWorld did not lack fair notice because the hazard arising from trainers' close contact with killer whales in performance was preventable. Uh, This is only the latest in a string of bad news for SeaWorld, who is still reeling from the PR disaster that followed the release of the documentary Blackfish. The film sparked heated debate over whether or not killer whales could or should be be kept in captivity. Now joining us again this week to help understand this ruling and its impact on SeaWorld is our good friend and lawyer extraordinaire, Jack Bergen. How are you, Jack? Hey, Pete. So... 
Talk to me. Talk to me about this ruling. What do you think the? Well, tell me your your opinion on this ruling first of all. Well, the decision is probably a good one. Uh, you know, I, I do a little bit of work with animals, not directly, but I help an organization that does. And you're always mindful when you have a wild animal that there is a risk for harm. Uh, they're not domesticated, so SeaWorld is definitely having to figure out what they're going to do after this to keep their trainers safe. The important part of this decision is SeaWorld really wanted to be able to put some of the burden for staying safe on the employees. These were very well trained trainers in the water with some of the whales, not with Tilikum. They were never allowed to be in the water with Tilikum. But they wanted to be able to say that these trainers knew what they were doing and could recognize the risk of harm from animal from the behavior of the whales. And OSHA and the Court of Appeals just didn't buy it. There's a well-recognized doctrine under the OSHA Act that says the employer is the one that has to make sure that the work environment is safe. So, and that applies to everybody. And so, essentially, this is going to mean that uh, the trainers cannot stay in the water or even on the shoulders of the water when uh, the killer whales are in the water. Now, an appeal um, of this nature is a little different than, let's say, appeal of a civil ruling because this was administrative in nature, because it was a government agency that basically made this ruling uh, the appeals court doesn't go back and kind of relitigate the facts. Um, they have to. They right. just kind of accept what the judge in the lower court ruling said. That you know, the figuring that the judge heard all the all, all the uh, all the evidence and some of the evidence that was presented in uh, in the in the original case were uh, emails and documents from SeaWorld, internal documents acknowledging that there were very real threats. And danger involved with this, and that was part of, I think, what what killed him here. Well, it's like anything else. Sometimes your mouth is your own worst enemy. <laughs> uh, I pulled one of the emails from the briefs that uh, the party submitted. The decision didn't mention the actual statements that were made, but one of the more troublesome statements to me was that. Uh, OSHA quoted one of the managers of SeaWorld saying about 10 years or so ago that, quote, to be honest, it's great to be able to show people that our killer whales do have the potential of getting nasty. Oh. So when you have that kind of statement by senior management, it's not going to bode well for your ability to argue didn't know that uh, there was a risk from these killer whales. And even though, you know, the ruling in and of itself is not going to, um, you know, I think as the court showed that, you know, the trainers have been out of the water now for, you know, going on four years, that it's not going to have a significant impact. The ruling itself is not going to have a significant impact on their business. But they, you know, the, the opponents, SeaWorld's opponents are going to grab onto this. Um, and it just kind of brings this whole issue back into the news again, this blackfish controversy. You know, whatever you think of Blackfish the film or uh, Whales in Captivity, there's no denying the fact that this film has been devastating to SeaWorld. Um, and I think an argument could be made that their recent report that in the last quarter, their attendance, their gate attendance dropped by 13%, yeah. which is extraordinary, um, is in large measure due to all the negative publicity that they've gotten. And this ruling is uh, just going to bolster their... their, their uh, they're detractors. I think so. Uh, it's hard to imagine that with all that publicity, there hasn't been some impact. But one of the things the Court of Appeals did say was that SeaWorld's now a publicly traded company and they seem to be making a profit. I think you've pointed out that there are ways to do that even when your attendance drops, however. But uh, I, over the long haul, I think they'll be able to vamp up their show so that they can still have some interaction but keep the trainers safe at the same time they certainly have been doing that for about the last four years now and so i would assume they can do that in the future well i think uh, they just um you know there was definitely that thrill factor 
to seeing the trainers in the water with oh, the whales. Yeah. And, you know, some of the amazing things that they would do, you know, when they would be like standing on the whale's nose as it came out of the water mm-hmm. and flip them and, you know, flip them yeah. and, you know, all that. Um, that's not going to happen. That, that can't happen anymore. Um, and SeaWorld was hoping no, that the appeals court was going to overturn this and allow that to go on again. But it can't. And honestly, I think that, uh, you know, we look we talk about that 13 percent drop last quarter. Um, yeah, they can, you know. There is a proven business model now, thanks to Universal in particular, that lower attendance can actually mean higher revenue if you know how to how to play it right. Um, the question here is 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 this the only quarter that their attendance is going to drop, or is this the first quarter in which there's a landslide of of loss coming? I mean, it all depends on what the second quarter numbers look like for them. If we see another double digit decline in SeaWorld's gate attendance. Um, then they're in real trouble. They're in, that's that's real trouble. If you know double digit in this town, even during the recession, the height of the recession, we were not seeing double digit declines at the gate in any of the parks. Um, so this, I mean, that's that's significant. Thirteen percent is a big number, and it's hard to imagine that it would be for any other reason other than this bad publicity. It, it is, it is. And then you know, it's just been it just kind of built on itself. You had Blackfish. All the negative uh, backlash that came out against that, and then when they were getting ready to do their Vans Brew and Barbecue, which they do every year at SeaWorld, yeah. all of a sudden, all these big-name acts are all withdrawing. Um, one of the things that bothers me about this, though, is I don't think people are aware of some of the problems with the Blackfish documentary, and there are real problems with that documentary. I'm not going to get into it, because I don't want to get into a debate about it, but... And SeaWorld has their own website. If you do want to check it out, they've created a website that has basically their rebuttal to be- uh, Blackfish. That came way too late. Yeah. It came way too late. But there are some less, uh, there are some more uh, unbiased reviews of Blackfish mm-hmm. that kind of point out that every single person involved with this, with that movie, was a hardcore animal rights activist. And they weren't presenting it that way. They weren't giving, they're saying, XC World Trainer. They're not saying XC World Trainer, who was party, who was plaintiff in a lawsuit to give constitutional protections to whales. Um, I mean, to basically call holding these animals in captivity, ca- captivity slavery. And they wanted constitutional protections. That's an extreme position. Okay? I, I love animals too, but I don't know that I could say i because i own a dog i'm a slave master um i think it's it's very very extreme position and many of the people in that film were party to that that lawsuit so this is this is an extreme animal rights activist group that did this and they tried to portray it as journalistic yet there's no opposing viewpoint in the film so it's true some of that stuff has to be looked at i'm not saying to dismiss everything in blackfish but it's just been a bad run it's been a bad run for SeaWorld here. Some of it of their own doing. I don't think they responded to the PR backlash uh, nearly in enough time to mitigate any of the damage. It's just a shame because there are so many cool things going on at SeaWorld. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially if you walk around and like, you see the dolphin nursery and where it has the newborns and then the ones that they're trying to bring back to health and all the, all the other cool things they're doing, expanding their penguin habitat, making it bigger. Uh, you know, it's it's not all just about killer whales there. Honestly, no. One Ocean was never the best show they had there. The uh, the dolphin show was always mm-hmm. better. So I agree. It's I think people need to also look away from that. That's uh, my opinion. I love I love SeaWorld. I've always loved SeaWorld. And the last time I said something positive about SeaWorld, I got inundated with accusations that it's because I have a financial relationship with them. I don't. I don't. I don't do anything with SeaWorld. I have no financial relationship whatsoever with SeaWorld. I am just a fan. I love the park. It's a beautiful park, and I think they do amazing work, especially with Animal Rescue. Um, and they put a lot more money back into animal care than any other organization of their kind. And we're all getting excited about killer whales in captivity, but I don't see the same attention being paid to 
you know, if, if, if this is how, if this is what they think, if these organizations think should be the case, then we need to shut down every zoo in America. Right. right. Every single zoo in America needs to be shut down because then all of them are in captivity and there's no point to any of it. And, you know, and the thing is, is that a lot of the people involved in Blackfish, that's exactly how they feel. And I think uh, it's an extreme position. I think orcas are an easy target because, one, because of the, uh, the deaths and injuries that have happened, and two, because of their size. Um, that kind of tends to have them be an easy target. Yeah, I agree. You know. Agreed. But, Jack, do you have anything else to add? Well, I was going to mention that I think it is unfortunate that there, there has been this overlap between the OSHA standards and the blackfish issue because, at least for me professionally, it should be a different issue. One is keeping the trainers safe. The other is the morality of keeping whales in captivity. And when I see people latching on to the OSHA rulings and decisions, trying to prove that that means trainers are, should, I mean, that the whales should not be in captivity, then I, I just think people don't really understand. The part that's most bothersome to me, however, is that there were photographs that surfaced not too long ago of the OSHA, one of the OSHA investigators, uh, in a picture with the producers of Blackfish. Yes, that's right. And that's bothersome to me. I don't think we've heard the last of that. Yeah, it was the lead OSHA investigator who uh, investigated after Dawn Bradshaw's death. Turned out that she is a huge um, animal rights activist that was, yeah, friends with friends with a lot of the people, including the producers and the director of uh, of the documentary Blackfish. Um, and that that definitely. There's a lot more there. I mean, everybody's just kind of taking Blackfish on its face. And look, it's very compelling filmmaking. No question about it. It's a brilliantly done film. But it's a propaganda piece. Okay? Plain and simple. It's propaganda. I'm not saying it's all inaccurate. I'm saying a lot of it leaves. There's a lot in there to be questioned. And I think people are taking it on its face um, without without asking any of the other questions, and I'm hearing thunder. Great, yeah. this is just going to make this day the perfect and day. It's like pitch. Black it's really bad. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, Jack. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate uh, your time again this week. Happy to do it. Pete. Thanks, Jack. Good seeing you. Bye, Jack. All right, let's Bye-bye. move on to something a little happier, and uh, <laughs> talk a little bit about uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is getting ready to open uh, early next month, and uh, Disney has been ramping up excitement about uh, about the release uh, slowly by releasing different videos and they just put one out that showed some of the animatronics. Oh man. Looks awesome. If you're listening and not watching, uh, we'll have a link to this uh, video on the show notes page, disunplug.com. But for those watching right now, enjoy a little bit of the video Disney recent re- recently released showing some of the animatronics. The some of those animatronics look fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. outrageous. It's uh, I I know it's got to be some sort of different technology, but it's very similar to what they're doing in Radiator Springs Racers, where they have those faces are projected on there, and it's wild. It, I mean, it is just so realistic looking. It is bizarre. Yeah, it's kind of like a cross mixture between Radiator Springs and then the the first character that they kind of tested with this technology was Buzz Lightyear in Space Ranger Spin. I mean, he doesn't move quite as much. He's yeah. just standing there. But that was really where they started the face projection, unless you want to go back to Madame Leota in the ball. I, I, I think, you know, first of all, this is the most highly anticipated ride in a long time mm-hmm. uh, to open up. A, it's a... I guess you can call it a roller coaster. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think it's that somewhere in between style. Yeah. Where I think where the thrill factor is really increased here, whatever it may lack in terms of its roller coaster bona fides, um, the fact that these are these mine trains actually swing <laughs> on uh, on the track. Which is going to add that extra? On, what is that? Are so you not going to do, do it? that, Teresa? It'll be, you should watch Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It'll be exactly like that, and you'll be terrified, and it'll be really fun. That's a great comparison. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just for everyone watching live, I just need to uh, sound a cautionary tale. Um, we are getting some some weather here. Um, and obviously, we're in a studio full of equipment. And either there will could be an incident, or we might have to make a judgment call. Um, an incident. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> an incident. Can I finish? Yeah. Um, if uh, if we start hearing uh, ground strikes nearby, we're going to have to shut the studio down. 
until the weather passes. So I just want to put that out there just in case. But we'll move on because I'm hearing the it's pouring out it's right pouring now. Down. And I, I, I think this is the first time. It's been a while. This yeah. is summer. Since we've had any. Con- I don't. Th- Even last year wasn't too bad. We didn't have really, no. you know. No, not since we've been doing live. That's yeah. a video. For, for those for those watching, you can see behind Pete the window is pitch black, yeah. and it is what uh, it's uh, two thirty two thirty p.m. in the afternoon. Um, oh yeah, it is like nighttime outside right now. It's I thought really, you put something different on. No, yeah. no, no. It's just it's the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I'm I'm very excited about Mine Train mm-hmm. opening up. I, I know that. Uh, the press event for it is the 30th and the yes, 1st, the I believe. 30th, yeah. And, uh, and they're I, testing it with people. So some of the workers have been oh, on it, which is exciting. People. So first they started with... Random people. Well, yeah, they didn't just choose yeah. random people walking in the park. But they started with weights, so they do like sandbags and stuff yeah. in the cart to kind of mimic the, the movement of the cars and the, and the ride vehicles with people in it. But then someone posted a video of actual construction workers with their vests and their hats and stuff in the ride going through it. Be so. the first one. Can you imagine? Be amazing? Yeah. yeah. Or scary. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to the, mm-hmm. the press event. Oh, that event. didn't work. Yeah. Corey and I both got... <laughs> Corey and I both got invites to the press event, so very, very excited. Are you going to ride it? Well, I would hope so. Well, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, it's a, it's got a big drop. I mean, I don't like that. I don't think the drop looks any no. worse than like no. Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah, no, there's really? no big yeah. drop. There's that kind of loop swing thing. So when yeah. you, on the side closest to like, um, I guess Maurice's Cottage and Bell's yeah. Village over there, there's this big kind of swing. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think there's thing. a, but there's a no real. Drop. Drop. Like a drop I, have any of you been there when they've been doing test runs? Like mm-hmm. actually, I, I'm curious as to what like the sound level of that and how that affects like walking around the fantasy terror land. screams. Yeah, because yeah. oh, I mean, scream. there are portions of New Fantasyland where I mean, there's there's you, a fence, and the roller coaster. I mean, it's like only a couple of feet mm-hmm. away, and yeah. it's. I, I just I wonder what that experience is like once I've it's heard that going. the track itself is supposed to be relatively quiet, so mm-hmm. you're not going to have like. The noise from that, but the mm-hmm. people on it. Yeah, oh, yeah. they're gonna be screaming. You know. screaming but I mean, you know, fun screaming because I mean, like, there's the ah, you know, like if you're coming down that slide at Blizzard that was Beach, nice. there, there's the, <laughs> the you know the screaming? painful. I don't want to do that scream, and then there's the happy. I'm having fun. I think it'll be scream. happy ones. They're yeah. all the same for me. I think I just all. Well, so just, what are you concerned about? You're not gonna make the height requirement. <laughs> Maybe that was. It. I don't know. I just I'm not. I don't, I, it's not going to be jerky. Do right? you like Big I Thunder? Like, I remember you wrote it for the first time. Not I wrote too Big long Thunder ago. a couple times, and okay. it's okay. It, this, it's not going to be jerkier than Big no. Thunder. I mean, this is a brand new roller coaster. Okay. It's bound to be smooth. I don't like to be, you know. I don't like a lot of. This uh, is kind of bothers This me. is a straight up family style coaster, so it's it's going to be meant for for younger ones, not like Barnstormer style, but a little bit older than that. I was thinking between Barnstormer so and Big my Thunder. My age is yeah. good for this one. Straight up. Family, family style, family style, family style, family style dinner, family style coaster. <laughs> well, no matter how you look at it, this is going to be extremely popular and is going to uh, uh, it's going to have very very long lines. It hasn't oh, yeah. shown up on Fast Pass. No, it hasn't. Uh, I don't think they're going to put it on there. Until... I saw a rumor that it did. Oh, really? Uh, it was up for probably like a split second. I don't have any credit for. Who, I just saw the tweet randomly. Um, someone did see it pop up for May fourth. On my Disney experience. Okay. And then it was gone within seconds. Yeah, I think that was just an error. So. Bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing they either, they, they won't add it to Fast Pass Plus until much, much closer in. Oh, I'm sure. Or until uh, May 4th um, when it actually officially opens. That'll well, they haven't announced it, yes. an official date. No, they yeah. haven't official, official, announced an official date. But, it looks but it's so sometime fun. around the beginning of May. It's, so yeah. if we have the press event, the 30th through the 2nd. I would imagine right around then. Yeah, no, I'm excited for this, though. They're not, Even they though don't, I might not ride. They don't do press events in like in well in advance of something's actual it's opening. Like the next usually day. it opens during oh, the press event. Yeah. So I'm anticipating that it's going to be um, either the 1st or the 2nd, but the 4th sounds reasonable as well. Um, but it's going to be the Magic Kingdom is already crazy with crowds. It's only going to get worse, and it'll draw in locals and cast members. And because I remember when Cars Land opened, and I mean, you just the flood of people. Yeah, I'm just I'm wondering if it'll be anything like pack that. your patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pack your patience. Um, just know it now. Stop whining before you start. <laughs> it's a new attraction. It's popular. It's in a new area of the Magic Kingdom that is very popular and is still drawing big crowds. This is just going. I'm just happy that finally, at least in Fantasyland, 
the construction walls yes. are coming well, that's down. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. Almost more than just the ride being done. I'm excited mm-hmm. to have it all finished. Really? And not have a weird view and not have like walls up. Yeah. And yeah. Just have it nice. But, and you know, they're doing that just in time to start doing the hub. Yeah. Or new walls Because apparently yeah. they're not happy. You cannot have a true experience in the Magic Kingdom without cranes and construction walls being right. everywhere. They're doing this hub pretty smart, though. They've, they've already taken out the swan boat landing. That's completely gone, that building. Um, and so oh. they have it sectioned off. The moat is back. So they drained it completely, but now they, they've refilled it again, but have a p- portion of it sectioned off so there's no water, so they can work on that part. Oh. So that photos and stuff won't be ruined in other areas of the moat. So they're That's at least good. doing a, a fairly good That's job. Just, I contained. would really like to walk through the Magic Kingdom. And not be met by construction because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's been years. Well, when will that happen? When is the never, never, never ever, finished. ever? It it's will never, never, never ever stop. Be. That's what Walt Disney said. I know. Yeah, but I don't think he and meant he like. <laughs> you know, can I walk <laughs> down Main Street without yeah. you know having one of the buildings completely covered in a burn? Give crane a little face or something to me. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> call him crane. Sounds scary. <laughs> so I've taken pictures of a lot of the cranes. I want to do a calendar: the cranes of Disney, because between. <laughs> downtown Disney and the parks there's cranes all over the it's, place it's insane it's absolutely insane but <laughs> all right I want to um, I want to talk a little bit just make a little commentary about the story we discussed last week regarding uh, guests with disabilities at Disney World and the changes in their uh, their program that went from the guest using the guest assistance card to the DAS uh, uh, mm-hmm. disabled access service um and you know clearly, clearly the issue itself uh, inspires an awful lot of passion um, on all sides, apparently. And I didn't think there was another uh, an alternate side to disabled access, but apparently there is. Um, just the the, the the six you know the popularity of Jack's blog a couple weeks ago about uh, the lawsuit that has been filed against Disney over these changes. Um, generated a lot of interest but what has stunned me stunned me in my tracks are the stories that I'm hearing from people about their experiences in the parks disabled people and their experiences in the parks not with Disney or with cast members but with other guests Hmm. now one of the things I said last week was on this topic of disability access guest assistance if you are not disabled or you do not tour the park with someone who is shut up you don't get a vote you do not get a vote but I have to expand that now I have to expand that to the cretins who will make comments to a mother saying I wish my son had autism so I could get to the front of the line, too. Oh, jeez. To the cretins on the boards who say handicapped people should not be allowed in the parks. There is a special place in hell Mm -hmm. for you if you are one of those people. If you are so jaded and so cynical and so devoid of basic human decency that you could make a comment like that out loud to someone, there is a special place in hell for you. And the number of comments and emails I have received in the last week telling me these stories tell me that something is seriously, seriously wrong. And part of what is wrong, to those of you who've had to endure this, Bullies prey on people they perceive as weak. That's what they look for. They do it because it makes them feel better about themselves. There's something wrong in their life. And they perceive you or your loved ones who are disabled as being weak. What they don't understand is you're not. That in order to overcome The challenges life has presented to you, you've had to develop a strength unlike anything most of us could ever imagine. You've had to endure things. I think all the time of one of the most courageous people I know, my friend Skip Potter, who has cerebral palsy, who's been mentioned on the show many times. He's a good friend of the show, good friend of mine, who looks at any challenge put in front of him as an opportunity. 
and has overcome so many things up to and God help me including flying a plane which the next time Skip is flying a plane I just want to know so I'm not in the air but I love you Skip um, but this is what I'm talking about Skip has you know seemingly with, with the challenges that he's had to deal with this kind of strength that's required to come through that is something most of us will never know and that's what these people are they're bullies so I want you to do me a favor the next time somebody talks to you like that the next time they say something to you like that the next time they say I wish I had an autistic child so I could get to the front of the line too say to them I wish you had an autistic child too so you could know what an amazing gift they are call them out right where they stand don't take that you don't have to be nasty you don't have to be mean you don't have to be loud I'm here to do that for you but call them out right to their face because there's one thing a bully can't take and that's when somebody turns around and stands up to them and that's what these people are they're bullies they're dirt they're dirt these and I, and I some of the things I've been hearing I could I wouldn't believe if I haven't seen it myself when we had a guy on the boards saying because somebody in an ECV a handicapped person in an ECV clipped him in the heel in the parks that handicapped people should not be allowed in the parks I gotta be honest and I, I don't feel good about this but I hoped for a moment that he would become handicapped and that karma would come around and bite him in the ass and put him in a chair and then let him see what it feels like. I don't think most people who are in wheelchairs like being there. I don't think that's their first choice. I don't think people who need assistance getting around the parks are happy that they need assistance getting around the parks. They would much rather it be some other way. But they have a right to experience that free of barriers and free of, God forgive me, who would make comments like that. So if you're one of those people who makes those comments, think very long and hard about what kind of human being you are. If you think that way about people who are in wheelchairs, people who are disabled, if you think that way, Take a good, long, hard look at what kind of human being you are. And if you're one of the people on the receiving end of that kind of bull, stand up. Stand up to these people. Call them out the next time it happens. Make them feel this big, because they are that big in more ways than one. And that's my rant. <laughs> so. Well said. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to rapid fire. Anybody disagree with me? No, no, no. I didn't think so. <laughs> I think we should move on to caption this. Oh, caption this. That's right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you, Greg. Um, last week, we put up a picture for our caption this photo of Sergio the Italian mime. Sergio. In Epcot. And some of the, some of the comments we got uh, from Joe Catroni. Yes, you found Waldo. Now give me back my glasses. Which I thought was funny. Uh, Angie Bob. Pull my finger. <laughs> Susan Zibby. So simple. I'm trying to annoy the crap out of you with this stupid whistle. Is it working? <laughs> and my favorite from Anne Dunnington. And you get a fast pass. And you get a fast pass. And you get a fast pass. Um, now, instead of doing a caption this this week, I want to actually do a Disney fan website spotlight. Um... One of, our, uh, one of our listeners, and forgive me, I didn't pull up the email, so I don't remember who it was, sent me an email turning me on to this website called EpcotLegacy.com. Um, this is a fan site created uh, by someone who is just... I, well, I think I don't know this person at all, but I can say two things about them. Uh, they are incredibly passionate about Epcot, mm-hmm. and they are... This man is an amazingly talented artist. Um, you want some of the most amazing backgrounds 
and that's the least of what's on this website, by the way. I don't want to boil this website down to a couple of, of, of backgrounds. Wallpapers. <laughs> Wallpapers for your computer. Um, those are certainly there. Uh, some of the audio that he has taken from the parks, from, from Epcot, and kind of merged it together and melded it together to create these new pieces. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's a beautifully designed website. It is so much creativity throughout this website. I, mm-hmm. I made sure I, I sent it to Kathy as soon as I got it. What did you think of it? Oh, I loved it because the music from Lights of Winter or on that site oh, so that's right i can have my own little misty moment <laughs> it's it was incredible <laughs> what's the matter sean nothing i'm looking at chat what are they what are they, what are they saying something oh no they're just crying because of your rant oh okay oh i thought they were crying over lights of winter <laughs> um they can cry about that too Misty moment. i know that i used a bad word but i felt that divine right of kings in this particular circumstance I was allowed to use that word because it, it applied but anyway um, I you know as somebody who started a Disney fan site owns a Disney fan site although now the size of it you know is pretty extraordinary um, I look at a site like and I'm reminded of how I felt when I started the Diz and that just that sheer passion of you love something so much and it just comes through on this site so so well and this was a fun I can't believe I'd never seen this before I'd seen people had sent me the link before to the lights of winter but I had never gone through and looked at all of it and it's just you know it just reminds you again of the whole Disney community that again here's somebody with their passion for Epcot put all this information out there for everybody to enjoy and a sick amount of talent Mm -hmm. as a graphic designer uh, as you know, from the audio standpoint, with the pieces he put, uh, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. There's a lot of content on this site. It's EpcotLegacy.com. Do yourself a favor, go out, check it out, spend a lot of time going through the amazing amount of content and passionate hard work that this man has put into this website. So, wanted to turn everybody on to that EpcotLegacy.com and. Uh, all right, with that, we will move, now move on to rapid fire, if it's okay with you, Craig. I'll allow it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and we're going to start with producer Dustin. Ah, I am the producer. I have exciting news for Star Wars fans and Star Wars Weekends uh, fans. The uh, popular Carbon Freeze Me experience will be back uh, this year. And this experience is where you kind of create your own action figure. They use uh, 3D like uh, uh, sculpting technology to scan your face in, and it puts your face into carbonite like Han Solo. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, in addition to the the carbonite figure... uh, I can't actually carbonite freeze people I don't like. It's not Mm -hmm. for real. I think that would be a great punishment for people who make uh, comments against the disabled in the parks. Oh, my. Let's freeze them in carbonite. (laughs) Put them on display. No, just dump them into the ocean. (laughs) Sorry. Well, uh... The uh, the same goes for a Stormtrooper action figure that you can get, and that was available last year, as well as two new figurines this year. It will be an Alderaan princess, which I don't know why they don't just call it a Princess Leia uh, figure, Alderaan princess, and an X-Wing They couldn't pilot. get the rights from Carrie Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, there's a lot more options um, to get your figurines made with your face on it. And, you know, I was actually just telling you the other day, I came across an old figurine. It's the weirdest thing, and it might be worth something, and I don't know. But I have this old figurine from the 90s of Princess Leia. It's, um, it's just one of the basic action figures. wrapped. It's still wrapped in its packaging. But apparently there was a short run of them where they accidentally put Han Solo's face on oh, Princess how Leia. Is that? And it is the weirdest looking uh, action figure. Wow. Um, so I love having that. But that's, I don't know, that just reminded me of this. So, um... <laughs> The people that are putting this on, the branch of Disney that's putting this on is D-Tech. It'll be part of all their um, their merchandising uh, stuff that they have going on for Star Wars weekends. But I think this is really cool. They're adding uh, new figurines, and um, 
This experience is only available dur- during Star Wars weekends, which are May 16th through the 18th, May 23rd through the 25th, May 30th through June 1st, and uh, June 6th through June 8th. And my thing cuts off right after that. The following weekend after that, <laughs> after the 6th through the 8th. Um, 13th through the 15th. Calendars are hard. <laughs> I can't count to seven. It's um, seven. So, yeah, exciting news for Star Wars. Am I allowed Wars. to say that these are really creepy looking? Why? The Princess no. Leia always, uh, from the example that they showed, she has to have Frida Kahlo eyebrows. <laughs> it's it, just one line. Eyebrows, there should be two. <laughs> if anyone actually gets one of these made, it it's just beyond thing. ridiculous. They, oh. or they, The Princess Leia and uh, Luke like Sky- Princess Leia and Miss Piggy had a love child. <laughs> <laughs> that, that action figure that you get made of yourself, that's going to cost $1,500. Huh? Fifteen hundred. Yeah. Did it's I not read the price? Did I Google Glass for the for price? One of those. The small ones are nine ninety or not nine ninety nine. Uh, ninety nine dollars. You're but right. The big one. A seven inch figurine is a hundred dollars, and a sixteen inch figurine uh, is fifteen hundred dollars. Craig is correct. Why would that be so much more? It's it's double, double the size, so I guess it's double the materials, and, and so 15 they times the price. fifteen, 15 times, times the price. price. <laughs> that makes that's, that sounds like Disney. Um, all right, thank you, Dustin. You're welcome, Kathy. Let's shoot over to you. Okay, mine is about the Epcot After Hours Wind Down um, Party Lounge. Um, after Epcot closes, now you can. Buy a ticket for only $35, and you can go to La Cava de, 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 del Tequila. Can't talk right. Yeah. Rose and Crown, Spice Road Table, and Tutu Gusto Wine Cellar. And they'll give you, like, drinks. Um, I put down... Those are by far the coolest lounges and bars in Epcot. So. Yeah. The, um, in Mexico, you're going to get a shrimp cocktail... Acapulco style, whatever that is, and a marinated pork served over a grilled corn dough garnished with mixed greens and crema and a shredded chicken. And I thought I saw somewhere that the one for Rose and Crown was a scotch egg in something, but I haven't seen that. But there's different little menus, and what they want you to do is just hang out in Epcot until 11 o'clock. Let me ask you about the pricing again. It's $35, but does that include drinks or is that... It's one drink <laughs> yeah, and a thing of uh, snacks. I wonder if you well, can continue to buy more. Well, we're, oh, gonna, I'm we're, sure. we're going to find out because we're experiencing it on Thursday. Oh, yeah. So we'll have a report on that in next week's show. And no children. It's just for adults. That's the way it should be. Disney yes. <laughs> there should be no children in Disney World. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kathy. Teresa. <laughs> um, sorry it's okay um night of joy the pricing for night of joy um has, is out now for september 5th and september 6th this is the christian performers in the magic kingdom on those two days um advanced sales is 59 dollars plus tax for one night 108 dollars plus tax for two nights if you purchase it by august 5th also includes one day admission to Typhoon Lagoon, Blizzard Beach, or Disney Quest. If you go, if you get it the day of the show or the event, it's sixty nine dollars plus tax. Um, you can get the tickets. Um, call Disney four zero seven W Disney, DisneyWorld dot com backslash Night of Joy. Some of the performers are um, Matthew West, Hillsong United. That's my brother. The Never Claim, Casting Crowns, Mercy Me, We as Human. And Colton Dixon are just some of the people. My brother's name is also Matthew West, and I can't tell you how many like phone calls and letters he got when really? this Christian artist came onto the scene. Oh yeah, like distant relatives saying, oh, "I didn't know that you were so talented." <laughs> I saw oh, your wow. CD in the, <laughs> in the store. Interesting. I was going to say that was expensive, but if they give you a ticket to Typhoon Lagoon. Mm-hmm. I think it's that's very reasonable. popular. Yeah. I know a lot oh, of yeah. schools take groups of people, you know, churches take groups of people down. So. Just like your brother, I still get tweets for Sean Thompson, the insanity guy. <laughs> the workout guy? <laughs> the workout guy that created that insanity workout. His, his name is Sean Thompson with a U. Show. Oh, so okay. people tweet me and say, thank you for getting me into shape. And I think, I don't think that was me. <laughs> but you're welcome. <laughs> Pretty sure that wasn't me. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Teresa. Shaun. 
All right, so I have very exciting, uh, exciting news for people that love uh, fake Bon Jovi music. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Sounds Like Summer concert series is returning to Epcot on June 8th. So from June 8th through the 14th, Hotel California, a salute to the Eagles. Uh, June 15th through the 21st, Don't Stop Believing, the Journey tribute band. June 22nd through the 28th, Over My Birthday is Good Vibrations, a tribute to the Beach Boys with uh, John Stamos. I don't think he's in that. Seriously? No. no, no, no. I can't tell if you're telling the truth or not. You're not telling the truth. <laughs> it's too sarcastic. June 29th through July 5th, Don't Look Back, a Boston tribute band. Uh, July 6th through the 12th, Staying Alive, a tribute to the Bee Gees. Ooh. July 13th through the 19th, Slippery When Wet, the ultimate Bon Jovi tribute. And then July 20th through the 26th, To You, a tribute to you too, <laughs> which is the most clever title. We, we will have the link to this uh, site um, in the show notes. If you take a look at this link, because the the pictures of these guys they go really out of their way to like. I think they've all like, had plastic surgery. Look exactly. How about like, the BG people? Do they look like the Bee Gees? That's kind of. I don't have it pulled up. I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I didn't see a picture of the Bee Gees, but the, especially Bon Jovi guys. Uh, um, That's slippery yeah. when wet. Yeah, with the, the with the haircut. Oh and man. The, yeah. 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 I think it so, sounds fun. I've never done this. All right. Well, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Shaun. Enjoy. Gregory. Oh, sorry. I had to get my sales pitch set up here. Um, <laughs> do you have Disney's million dollar arm? Disney's giving away $1 million at the world premiere of the movie Million Dollar Arm. Um, it's the new movie coming out starring John Hamm. So basically, they're holding this contest that's being staged at. Disney World, Disneyland, and uh, New York City. Guests over 18 with no professional baseball experience uh, get a chance to throw three pitches as fast as possible. Uh, The top three finalists from each location will go to the premiere in Hollywood. And at that premiere, if any of them can throw over 100-mile-hour strikes, uh, then they get get three attempts to do that. And if they do, everyone who throws it over 100 miles an hour gets put into the drawing of which one will actually win a million dollars. So if you, I, I don't even have the date. Of I've one seen my fair share of baseball movies, but is that possible? Like, can a person throw over a hundred? Yes, yeah, yes, okay. yeah. A yes. normal person? Yes. Well, a, a well professional I mean, pitcher, yeah. somebody. That's if you have a strong enough arm, sure. Okay. Or if you break your arm like that kid in rookie rookie of the year. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But okay. yeah, so if, if you time it right, you might be at Disney World or Disneyland when you can throw a ball and win a million dollars. Gotta be eighteen. Huh? It's it's not as good as. Winning a photo contest, though. <laughs> With Don no. Draper. Yeah. Don Draper. All right. Thank you very much for that, Craig. And before we get to the winner of our photo contest, we want to announce the subject of next week's poll. Uh, has the controversy over the documentary Blackfish changed your perceptions of SeaWorld? Head out to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disunplugged, and uh, we'll have that poll up a little later on today. I didn't get a chance to set it up before the show, so uh, we will have that up a little later on. We'll have those results for you next week, and as always, we will... Oh, we never announced the person who won the $50 gift card from... Uh, oh, the, this week's poll. From poll. this week's yeah. poll, because I'm completely out of it. Uh, and that was John Haig. Uh, what we do every week is uh, from everybody who answers our poll, we randomly select one person, and that person gets a $50 gift card. This week it is John Haig, and next week it could be you, facebook.com slash disunplugged. With all of that out of the way, it is time for us to announce the winner of the Walt Disney World, the Disunplugged Walt Disney World Photo Contest. Over 1,400 photos were submitted, 60,000, more than 60,000 votes cast. Wow. And it was by f- well beyond anything I had expected from this. Uh, it was incredible and some amazing pictures. Uh, I just want to do want to let everybody know that uh, next week we'll be we'll, we will be announcing some other prizes. They're not going to be free trips, but we are going to announce some other prizes for some uh, some photos that we feel deserve recognition. But now, the winner of the photo contest is, and this reminds me of a story. I'm kidding. <laughs> Congratulations goes out to Derry Prankert of Indiana for this photo. And for those of you listening, you will see it on our show notes page, disunplugged.com. Three beautiful children posing with the sorcerer Mickey Topiary outside of the contemporary. And uh, Derry went to great lengths to uh, 
involve his friends and his community in getting votes. And it's an absolutely beautiful family that you have, Derry, and I'm really, really happy uh, that that you won. Derry received over 2,200 votes Wow! Uh, for this photo. Uh, the second person in second got just over 1,700. So, a little gap there. But people were getting a lot of votes. Yeah. Um, now, fortunately, none of the people that broke our rules ever got into a place where I would have to disqualify them from winning a prize. But people were out doing some things that they shouldn't have been doing. And uh, it's the internet, guys. We're going to find out. And if we don't find out, somebody else isn't going to tell us. And that's exactly what happened. So you're out there buying votes and doing, you know, using services that are designed to help you win a contest like this. That's not the spirit of the contest. And it does violate our terms and conditions and some We've had we had more than uh, more than a few people were disqualified for that, um, but uh, Derry was not among them. So congratulations, Derry, to you and your family. You are the winner of the Walt Disney World uh, Dis Unplugged Walt Disney World Photo Contest, a seven day six night Magic Your Way package plus dining uh, for you at a moderate resort. Uh, your family has to go stay somewhere else. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> But very excited. Thank you very much. Thanks to everybody who submitted photos and made that contest a great success for us. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And uh, uh, so if you are watching live, stay tuned, because coming up next, we have a review of Walt Disney World's Backstage Magic Tour. And that will do it for this episode of The Diz Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back with you again next time with another episode. Thanks for being with us, everybody. And remember... Stay out of the damn lakes. <laughs>